0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Two weeks ago, pretty much everyone thought that Senator Joe Manchin would only support a reconciliation package that included health care, but no clean energy or climate provisions. But all that changed last week when Manchin and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced a reconciliation deal that included the largest investment in clean energy in U.S. history, over $360 billion worth. So what changed between two weeks ago to when the deal was announced? Politico Zach Coleman, Kelsey Tamburino, and I investigated that question, and we found that executives and leaders from some of the nation's biggest companies and labor unions including Bill Gates, along with conservative economists, made their case to Manchin to include clean energy. So today, I chat with Zach about the Manchin pressure campaign. It's Tuesday, August 2nd. So, Zach, we did some reporting on a pressure campaign by clean energy company executives and union leaders, including some big names, to get Senator Joe Manchin to agree to adding clean energy incentives in Democrats' reconciliation package. So when did this campaign start and who was involved?
1: In some respects, it's a campaign that's been going on, but it really doubled down in the last two weeks. Well, in that two-week period between Joe Manchin supposedly killing the clean energy and climate incentives in Democrats' reconciliation plans, and when he revived it. But what you really saw was the corporate architecture coming into play here. You saw CEOs, you saw American businesses putting in calls. You saw labor unions getting their members animated about the possibilities here. What you really saw was these different segments of American society coming together to back clean energy and climate, which is kind of a different story than you hear usually when you talk about climate change. You think about environmental activists and people like that, but those are not the people who have purchased necessarily with Joe Manchin. They're not the people who are communicating with him all that often. And you really saw the real economy kick into gear here and that Seem to have been convincing, it, at least in some fashion, for Joe Manchin to get back to the table.
0: Interesting, and did just want to hang on to one name for a second because he was in our headline, Bill Gates. So, what was Bill Gates' involvement?
1: Bill Gates is a clean energy advocate. I mean, he has invested a lot in nuclear power, in battery storage, and one of the companies that he invested in, Form Energy, is a battery storage company. They have plans to build in West Virginia and sources that we talked to had indicated that that company walked Joe Manchin's staff through exactly what these incentives would do for their growth trajectory and how many jobs they could bring not only to West Virginia, but throughout their supply chains. And Bill Gates called Joe Manchin the weekend ahead of when Joe Manchin came back to the table on clean energy incentives. And Joe Manchin is someone who has been very concerned about energy security and critical minerals and making sure that the U.S. has a dependable supply chain so it doesn't have to rely on foreign countries like China for our current energy and our future needs. And this is the case that a lot of business leaders were making to Joe Manchin. And they said that this is how we grow our domestic supplies. This is how we grow our domestic clean energy so we don't have to rely on other countries.
0: There was also this parallel effort, we found, to round up conservative economists to address Manchin's concerns that the spending package would fuel more inflation. So what can you tell us about that and who was involved there?
1: Yeah, so there were a bunch of people really bringing people together to talk to Joe Manchin and his team to quell a lot of his concerns. I mentioned that he had concerns about energy security and domestic supply chains, but he also certainly had concerns about whether this would stoke inflation. And we talked to a number of people for this story who were rounding up conservative economists to make that case. Two of the economists that really jump out here are Larry Summers, the former Clinton Treasury Secretary, who is an inflation hawk, and also Maya McGuinness, who is a anti-deficit advocate. And she didn't confirm or deny the meeting to me in an email but she did say that it was quite a reversal in policymaking to have him come back to the table on this and that it's a bill that will not stoke inflation is what she said. It was a change from earlier versions of this bill where she had those concerns, but she does not anymore. So the case that a lot of people were making about why this is not an inflationary bill is that for one, you're going to be raising more revenue than you're spending. And then two, you're going to take a little bit of time to get that money out the door. It's $360 billion in climate spending, but it doesn't all get marshaled out the door on day one. By that very nature, you're not throwing this money right onto the economy right now.
0: Right. And then just circling back to the local angle that you touched on earlier. So we reported that several companies with plans for clean energy manufacturing in West Virginia pushed Manchin to back these clean energy credits. So why was it important for supporters of these clean energy provisions to localize their lobbying push in this way? And how would the bill help Manchin's home state?
1: You got to think about what West Virginia is. I mean, it is a state that used to be so blue because of its deep history with local labor unions. I mean, you think about its history with coal mining and It's flipped in recent years. You've seen the coal company CEOs really agitate against Democrats who they see as killing the coal industry and killing West Virginians' job prospects on a climate change crusade. Now, what Joe Manchin is concerned with is, look, he's got coal miners in his state. Coal is still a part of the state's history and culture and economy, but he also knows that it will... Cease to be as big a part of all of it because the structural decline of coal is real and he sees an opportunity to take these very skilled workers who work in electrical work and work on detonating stuff and sees a way to put them to work in new fields of energy i talked to brandon dennison he's the head of a place called coal field development They're an economic development organization in West Virginia. And he put it to me this way. He said that this is a chance for West Virginia to stay an energy state, to invest in new forms of energy and put people to work that have transferable skills and make sure that there is still a solid base of manufacturing here where people can go and still have a life in that state. And I think Joe Manchin sees that. I think he sees the writing on the wall. He can look at the graph of coal output. And while it's Increasing this year, there is a trajectory here, and part of it is, what kind of future do you want to have for your state? And that case was made to him. Also, the American
0: Chemistry Council is suing the Environmental Protection Agency over its interim health recommendations for a pair of toxic forever chemicals, PFOA and PFAS. The lawsuit was filed Friday in the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, and it's at least the second industry challenge to the suite of new advisories the agency released in June. Those advisories for PFOA and PFAS set a safety threshold for the widespread chemicals that is lower than EPA's previous one. The agency has declined to comment on the lawsuit. Moving forward, EPA has said it plans to propose a drinking water limit for PFOA and PFAS this fall. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogenfuel.